We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 25th, 2018. And today we're going to be doing pretty much a dedicated study on the subject of the, the term that's put out there is called gang stalking. Uh, but it relates to these individuals called targeted individuals that are being targeted by nefarious aspects of the deep state really you know the the reason i still haven't even figured that out i really don't even understand the reason for it all uh other than just to create misery evil havoc um in the lives of innocent individuals but we're going to be doing pretty much a dedicated study on that and um before we get into that, I just uh, go go through th- some Bible verses here, and to kind of get us started, Proverbs nine six, and we're just going to continue from that verse <clears throat> says, "Forsake the foolish and live, and go in the way of understanding." So the Bible talks a lot about not being, you know, yoked up with unbelievers and not being around foolish people and not being in the world you, you're to be in the world but not of the world um so I, I believe this is what this is in reference to and then the next verse says he that reproveth and that word from the underlying hebrew means to correct chasten discipline instruct admonish okay so he that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame and he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot so a lot of times the bible will have two um even part of the same verse back to back that kind of they're basically saying the same thing but they're doing it in a different way so you have greater clarity that happens a lot uh, particularly in the old testament particularly in um proverbs you'll see that a lot and um in psalms as well so they're using, he that reproveth a scorner getteth himself a shame, and he that rebuketh a wise man, or a wicked man, I'm sorry, he that rebuketh a wicked man, getteth himself a blot. So, meaning, if you're going to try to correct, chase, and discipline, instruct, or admonish a scorner or a wicked man, there's probably going to be consequences. Now, there's a time for this, and there's a time not to do it, and we're going to discuss that. And then it says in the next verse, reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. So it's not always the best tactic if there's somebody that is a unbeliever or a scorner. They would scorn Jesus Christ. They would, they would, they would say, oh, he was a myth, he's this or he's that, or the Bible's not real in this. It's not typically the best tactic to just go and get in his face, correct, chase, and discipline, instruct, or admonish lest he hate thee okay rebuke a wise man and he will love thee okay so that's that's the difference between the two now i have a sidebar regarding this subject uh to kind of expand on that proverbs 26 4 it says answer not a fool according to his folly lest thou also be like him Okay, so that's another confirmatory verse there. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest also be like him. But then, 
you you could say, well, yeah, but what about the next verse, which is Proverbs twenty six five, which says, "Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit." So people could some people would say, "Yeah, see, this is a clear indication the Bible's contradictory." No, it's not. There's a time when you do answer a fool according to his folly, and then there's a time when you don't. Okay. Typically, it would be at the beginning of a debate. If you were going to answer a fool according to his folly, it would be typically at the beginning of a debate. But you're not going to just sit there and burn days and weeks and months on one person when they're just literally satanically there to just take up your time, essentially, and, and to exhaust you and to vex you and, and these types of things. Now, really the only way to know that is to be led of the Holy Spirit, you know. And, and this is something that you should, I think we should all be praying for, to be led of the Holy Spirit every day as a, as a born-again Christian. That's incredibly important because if you be led of the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay, if you're, if you're a Christian and, you know, you're not led of the Spirit, let's say you're not in the Word, you've, not been, you've been slacking off in that, type of thing well then you're going to be very very much more apt to to get into the flesh to get into carnality where you're not being led of the spirit and that's not a good road you want to be going down and, and again i'm not saying that in any judgmental way i'm i'm just saying i would say it as much to myself as anyone else so um <clears throat> the uh the bible says in proverbs 26 4 answer not a fool according to his folly lest they'll also be like him. And then there's other confirmatory verses on that where it says, Matthew 7, 6, give, give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under feet and turn again and rend you. Um, that's, so there's another one from the New Testament. And then Nehemiah 6, 3, which is kind of a cool one, where... Um, uh, Nehemiah says, I, am, I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work. They wanted evidently Nehemiah to come down from the wall. They, the, the, they were rebuilding the wall at ancient Jerusalem. And Nehemiah said, I sent messengers unto them, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? So if you're working for God, if you're doing the will of the Lord, if you're being led by the Holy Spirit, and if you're not saved, if you're hearing this and you're like, well, this is way over, just go to my website, contendingfortruth.com, contendingfortruth.com, one word, and um, click on the True Salvation tab at the top of the website, and, and we'll just take you through basically about everything. A real long, in-depth study on salvation. Now, I'm not saying salvation is complicated, but I think it's very extremely important that you understand all the biblical concepts of that. A little track is good. I mean, while I put out tracks all the time, a little track, if that's all you've got, I'm not saying you can't be led, led uh, to the Lord that way. Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But you need more than, than that, ultimately. You know, Ultimately, it'd be great to be in a great church or at least in a great, um, well, actually, almost better, in a great home fellowship because all churches are denominational and then you get into that problem there's real no bible for that and then most churches are 
got the whole 501c3 corporate thing yoked up with the government thing going on. So much of the churches are motivated by greed. So much of the churches are stifled by the fact that they don't want to violate their 501c3 charter. So there's only certain things they can say. They're motivated by the fact they don't want to lose parishioners. So there's someone, there's only so far they're going to go with what. There's just all these myriad of things you run into in the modern day churches. I've done tons of studies on that. Just key in 501c3. Um, I, I get into a lot of those subjects there. Or FEMA, Homeland Security, Clergy Response Teams. That's a whole other ball of wax there. Uh, <clears throat> but it'd be great, though, yes, to, to be in, like, a good home fellowship and, and, yes, to not forsake the fellowship, you know, of the brethren and these types of things. Um, but it's probably one of the most common questions I get, and I just don't have any good answer in this day and age that we're in regarding that other than to pray and fast specifically about that because I feel like you can't go wrong doing that. And ask the Holy Spirit to lead you, you know, um, if there's a door that that he could open regarding that and um but anyway i go through all the things in the true salvation teaching baptism um bearing the cross of christ uh all the aspects of salvation and after salvation i'm not saying i recover every single thing obviously i don't but but i think i've hit the big points there so i think it's important to listen to all those um so going back to this so then I say, but there is a time when the following two verses would apply, which would typically be at the beginning of the debate. And I think this is why it's important to be led by the Holy Spirit, because he, he's going to let you know when, you know, these types of, when you should engage and when you shouldn't engage, in other words. Uh, and again, I just read the one verse, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. And um, so there's a time you do that. Which is like the first thing I always want to do, <laughs> to be quite honest, especially if I, you know, I'm at, I'm at the computer or whatever. Um, but I typically don't go much beyond that if I see that it's just going to be a wheel spinning, endless debate about whatever. Um, and then there's Job 11.2 where it says, should not the multitude of words be answered and should a man full of of talk be justified so that's another confirmatory verse there is a time to engage um so again really it's it's to be led of the spirit to to know when and when not to and then okay let's go back to proverbs 9 where it says give instruction to a wise man and he will yet and he will be yet wiser teach a just man and he will increase in learning the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I think that's a good place to have this part of, of the, um, in the verses where it talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It, the Bible says it's the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of knowledge. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. So there's protection connected with the fear of the Lord. There's wisdom. There's understanding. There's knowledge. There's all these unbelievably awesome benefits connected with the fear of the Lord. Um, particularly, you look a lot in Psalms and Proverbs. It talks a lot about fear of the Lord. Uh, 
And it's always good. And what the fear of the Lord also does is it keeps you humble. Because if you fear God, you're not going to be typically walking around in a, in a lot of pride. You know? It's just, it's, it's, it, they're polar ends of the opposite extreme. And the Bible talks about unless you humble yourself as a little child, you know, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of God. You're not going to really be able to get saved unless you humble yourself as a little child because you have to acknowledge that Jesus did it all. He paid the price, his death, burial, and resurrection, his finished work on the cross. He paid it all to grant us entrance into heaven, to save our souls. He did it all. In order to do that, you have to be humble. And you have to understand your lost estate. And you have to realize that there is a heaven and there is a hell. And the fear of the Lord, I think, is something good to pray for people that are people like scoffers. So one of the ways you could, you could like if you were dealing with a lot of people around you that were scoffers or wicked people, I think one thing that's very, very safe to do is pray not only that their souls be saved, but that God would... would um, send them a hefty dose of the fear of the Lord. Because for a lot of people, that's the only way they're going to get saved. At least that's the initial door that will, that will get their eyes opened. Uh, the Bible talks about the goodness and the severity of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance, but it also says the severity of the Lord can leadeth thee to repentance. So, for a lot of people, it's the severity which will lead them to repentance. Maybe it's something like my parents where he had to literally take their lives away. You know, both of them. Where I was actually finally able to lead them to the Lord. You know, in that case, it took the most... Well, it even was beyond that because he had, it would have been a 10-year process before that as they lost their... 2.5 million dollar company that they built from the ground up that made a great product i told this story a lot of times and literally had the company stolen from them and i mean by like the fifth richest family in minnesota and they and then we found out they did this and then they bought the court system off and it was a 10-year process and literally like the week that my dad found out he was going to have no more legal remedy they had bought all the judges off he also was we were also um being evicted he was being evicted from his mom. My mom and him were being evicted from their house that week. Their longtime mansion that they had put hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars into had been their home of like 20 plus years. And they were finding out that week, not only were they going to have no more legal recourse, it's over. They got your company. They stole it from you. And they were even trying to countersue my dad for the money they'd paid him. <laughs> it wasn't enough to... Whatever. He had been such a thorn in their side, they were trying to do anything they could. Not only had he come to that realization, um, not only then were they also at the same simultaneous time being evicted from their house, their mansion, and they were going to have to really, really downgrade in, in, in a neighborhood they didn't really want to be living in. But then my dad had a massive heart attack. It was like Friday night. It started like Friday. They, the doctor said that he had had a, like a heart attack and like for three days or something and um 
he had not taken the protocol I had prescribed him. He'd only taken half of it, and, and he didn't he didn't take the EDTA chelation, which actually chelates the arteries orally. It's a more milder form, much milder form than an IV chelation, and he died. I mean, he died basically the next day after the ambulances came in. If you want to hear the whole story on that, uh, Ken uh, passing just like somebody passing, P-A-S-S-I-N-G. Uh, you can key in passing, dad's passing. you probably find them both if you just key in the word passing at contendingfortruth.com. But my, in other words, the severity of God ledeth them to repentance. It was the only way they were going to get saved. It was, only, it was the only chance. He had to take every single thing from them, including their lives, both of their lives at the end. They lost everything, essentially. Um... Everything had been stripped from them. There were no gigantically awesome prospects on the horizon. And, and that's how God had to deal with them in order for them to have any chance of getting saved. But I had always prayed for that. I said, God, do whatever it takes to save them. Because, and if it takes you taking their lives, I'd rather them go to heaven for eternity than you know, go to hell for eternity and them being, you know, rich in this earth and, and having everything and then relying on that because the Bible talks about the rich man, he will have a much higher tendency to rely on his riches and to look to his riches and, and, and become full of pride. And that's why it's so hard for a rich man to get saved. The Bible talks about that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And I know there's some ways you can break that verse down and say, well, yeah, but it really means it's, yeah, well, the, the bottom line is it's really hard for rich people to get saved. Really hard, according to the Bible, because they tend to trust in their riches. You've got Lazarus and the rich man. You know, you've got all these parables in the, in the Gospels where Jesus talks about rich men. And so um, that's how it had to happen. So I praise the Lord for it. I wish it didn't have to happen that way. But... Um, I am very, very grateful that God answered my prayer regarding that. And so I, I say all that to, to, to say the whole thing about another way that you can approach rebuking, or not, not rebuking, but engaging a wicked person or a scorner is to pray for, you know, the fear of God. The, even in some instances, the severity of God. The severity of God leadeth thee to repentance, and, and so can the goodness of God. But if, even if you think about it, the severity part really is God's goodness, because he was being good to them, because had he not done that, they'd be in hell. So, you know, it's just that sometimes God will deal with certain people in, in a much more gentle way. It's the love of God for certain people that really, and I'm not saying that, that it's not all the love of God, because even the severity, if you think about it, you know, is God's love. He's having mercy on them. But I'm talking about just a, a different experience for different people on how somebody would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so going further, um, so I'll just read the last verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied and the years of thy life shall be increased. And then let's go to Romans. We'll finish it out with Romans 8, 31 through 39. It says, 
what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He, he that spared not his own son, meaning Jesus Christ, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? <clears throat> it is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. So God, Jesus Christ, is at the right hand of God, making intercession for the saints. That's a comforting thought. And knowing if you're going through a hard time, you know, he's interceding for you. You're his child. He's interceding for you. And we can come boldly before the throne of grace to make our requests, our petitions known as well. And you can pray for, you know, the strength and the grace and, 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 and God's mercy to get you through whatever you may be facing. We have an advocate in heaven. There's, there's all these Bible verses that talk about this. <clears throat> and that we are a royal priesthood through the Lord Jesus Christ. So going further, uh, let's see here. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. And and these are things that, probably not a lot of my listeners, but I mean a lot of people obviously in times past, these are things that are a lot of Christians on this planet are going through right now. You know. Um, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors, through him that loved us. So that's what we are through the Lord Jesus Christ, more than conquerors. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So praise the Lord Jesus Christ for all that. Okay, so now we are going to, um, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to interject more, a little bit more scripture in with the current event stuff because um, I don't want this to just be about let's get our eyes fixed on all these things going on in the world. We need to always keep our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, increasingly, more and more, we need to draw nigh to God, and the Bible says He will draw nigh to us, meaning He'll come near us as we draw near to Him, and. You know, staying in the Word, the King James Bible, and praying, and fasting, and um, obeying Jesus' commandments. You know, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's there in the Word of God. It's, it's, and these, these are the things that Jesus wants us to be doing all the time. And we will, by doing all these things, it helps us stay close to Him. We need to stay close to Him. <laughs> That's what I've really been getting convicted of a lot lately. <laughs> Lord's humbled me a lot uh, since the start of this year. I don't know. Was, I think 2018 is is a year of um, at least this first part of it is a big time year of, um, I guess, chastisement for me. You know, I, I, I'm basically legally blind in one eye now from the glaucoma. I mean, it's gotten a little bit better, but it's just, you know, I don't know. Jesus might not. It's the whole thing with Paul said. I, I besought, you know, three times, basically, if Jesus would take this thorn in the flesh away, and he said, no, my grace is sufficient. It might be that way for me, you know. 
And so and I threw my back out massively the other day. And I mean, the worst I've ever done. I probably blew a disc. Um, I know, I really believe I know how to rehab it, but it's, it's definitely a different injury that I got this time. And, you know, I was weightlifting and I literally, there's a lift that I literally, and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say this and not so long I'm bragging, but for my weight class, if I did this lift under a sanctioned tournament, um, I set the world record by about 35 pounds and um, I did it the first time I did it and it was like I couldn't believe how I don't know I guess I'm just built for it or something it just wasn't that hard but every time I tried to do it after that I could only match what I did and the last time I tried doing it I got up to about 340 pounds which isn't even my my top weight and I heard something pop in my back and I was like oh man this is not good and I was literally crawling around that night I couldn't walk hardly I was in unbelievable pain and I'm like oh you know this is good and I can't walk and I'm almost blind in one eye now and I wasn't mad at God I figured ah you know I brought this on myself I'm like wanting more I'm wanting more I'm wanting and it's like yeah in the end that's going to be like, if, if I ever, not if, but when I stand before the Lord, I'm not going to talk about this whatever record that, that I, I could have set. Being in a drug-tested contest is, is under the parameters. Because um, I don't do, I have never, I mean, I did some steroids when I was like younger, like when I did that Mr. Atlanta, like back in, I don't know, 92 a couple light cycles they weren't anything compared to what a lot of guys were doing but that's the only time i've ever even touched that stuff that was way before i was saved and um you know it's just uh god doesn't want us focusing in on stuff like that you know there's a much bigger fish to fry you know, the Bible does say a wise man is strong, yea, a wise man increaseth in strength. And I do think there's a literal application for that. I don't see any Bible verses where it says, yea, a wise man is weak. Now, like, literally trying to become weak is what I mean. Literally trying to, like, just be, you know, I just don't see Bible for that either. Now, weak before the Lord, humble before the Lord, all, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Humble before other people, yes. Um... But, you know, God knows how to humble you, and, and, um, I've, I don't know, I've just, I've, I've really been, uh, seeking the Lord, probably more than, than I have in a lot of years, and I've been trying to really, really focus in on the Lord Jesus Christ's will for my life, for Taylor's life, for this ministry, you know, and, and so I don't want to just come up here and just bury you in negative current events without scripture, without balancing that out with scripture. Yes, I do believe I'm a watchman, but I don't want to be, you know, just laying negativity on my listeners and, and, and okay, this and that and wringing our hands. And I want to keep us focused in on the word of the Lord and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, this is unbelievable, the subject we're going to be covering. It's really the only subject we're going to be covering other than the little Bible study I just did. 
And it's the nightmare world of gang stalking. Now, I've been hearing about this for years. I've had a ton of people email me about this, begging me to cover this. this and I have covered this before, but I, this is more of a dedicated study. Uh, I've got listeners right now that email me about every day, you know, on this subject. That they're, they're what they consider a targeted individual. They're TIs is how they're referred to. And when you really start researching this, it's just so unbelievable. It's just like that, that whole directed energy weapon thing that they're doing in California where they're literally just frying house after house after house and melting the cars to the ground and melting the houses to the ground and all the foliage around the houses. And they're calling it a forest fire. How they're doing it over and over and over again and, and there's hardly anybody that's saying anything about it. There's really not a lot of public outcry when it's so obvious that they're doing this. It just blows my mind that people aren't making more... And this is another thing that's just like, it's hard to comprehend that this is actually going on all the time to thousands and thousands of people all over the world. And there's very little public outcry about this. And this is just so satanically insane to me why they would even want to devote time to this. But evidently, it's important for Satan. I think the reason, really, is that this is a plan. This is the We're in the beta testing aspects of this. They're going to try to rule this out worldwide. That's the plan. So you would say, well, yeah, but this makes no sense. Why would they just target these individuals for like almost no apparent reason? Because a lot of them aren't Christians. But they're all, they've all got certain things in common. They're highly intelligent, the people they typically tend to target. Um, a lot of times they're people in the know that have been exposing the deep state agenda, the Illuminati agenda. A lot of them are PhDs, doctors that maybe know too much, so they get targeted. Um, and we're going to explain what all this means soon. A lot of them are Christians. But ultimately, they want to roll this thing out because they want the world to be like that 1984 George Orwellian, brave new world, Aldous Huxley world, where everybody is monitored by Big Brother. And you better not step out of line. And if you do, you are going to suffer severe repercussions. I think this is really the beginning of that. This is one of the most extreme parts of the beginning of that. So... More than 10,000 people worldwide claim they're victims of a vast organized surveillance effort designed to ruin their lives. It's probably way more than 10,000, though. A phenomenon known as gang stalking. Mental health experts see gang stalking as a symptom of paranoia. That You go to, you go to a psychiatrist or whatever, or an MD or whatever, they're just going to say you're, you're mentally ill. Because they're typically part of the program. Um, but the self-identified victims who insist that they're experiencing is real what they're experiencing in Israel, have come together online in support groups to share their stories. Vice met up with... Now, Grant, I am not advocating Vice. Okay, Vice is a vile group, okay? Um, but they did a couple different documentaries, and I'm just going to play you, like, the starts of both of their documentaries on this to kind of set the tone about what we're looking at. And then we're actually going to listen to an extensive interview of an ex-gang stalking operative who's explaining their tactics and their motives. Why they're doing it, their tactics, their motives, and all this stuff. But before we do that, I kind of wanted to kind of give you an idea of what it is and hear from some people. 
and ultimately vice what they end up doing is kind of discrediting all these people in the end and that's what they're there to do they're just another they're a liberal arm of the mass media that's there to kind of appeal to the millennials and the um liberals and people of that nature to placate them and to ultimately but you're going to still hear enough truth here where i think it kind of builds a good foundation so Vice met up with a handful of Americans who claim their lives have been derailed by gang stalking to understand what serious consequences the phenomenon presents. And then we're going to play a clip of when Vice went to England and met up with those people because it's going on over there just like it is here. Uh, I don't know how many countries it's going on in worldwide, but we know America. We know, um, uh, we know for sure America. We know that Europe, England... I would imagine Canada, you know, who knows? It's probably going on about everywhere. So let's go ahead and we're going to play this first video. Okay, so this first video is entitled The Nightmare of Gang Stalking. Nightmare World of Gang Stalking. And this is uh, on the American, The uh, this is going to be just exclusively interviewing Americans about this. This has many names. Gang stalking, mob stalking, community stalking. You're in the middle of this ridiculous irrational impossibility that is real and is happening first the guardian revealed the national security agency is collecting telephone records of millions of verizon customers you surveil someone through their phones through their uh, certainly through their television sets. The last year and a half, he's been systematically followed by a group of people. Does the FBI use drones for... Another thing, I want, before I go any further, I want to thank all my listeners who have been praying for my eyes, my eyes and my eye, particularly my right eye. Um, I, I, I said that before about, you know, my visions, but I don't want to, I want to really, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are doing that, and I, I praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And like I said, it has improved some, which... Theoretically, with glaucoma, it's not supposed to happen. It's supposed to get worse if you don't go the medical, even though the medical route goes worse too. So I do pray, thank you, and God bless you, and um, I thank you for any continued prayers you'd have regarding that. And the ministry, and Taylor, myself, and, and all, all for that, and the people that have donated to us and prayed for us, I, I truly believe that with, without you, um, there's no way we would have been able to do this as long as we have. There's just, just no way. I, I know that. Um, so I thank God for you. I love you. God bless you. And so we'll continue with this. Surveillance on U.S. soil. Yes. New Associated Press investigation shows that the Bureau has its own little air force with scores of planes flying over American cities, recording video and tracking cell phone conversations. He has a man outside of his house in a hood like basically like a hood it looks and we can now they're kind of jumping from thing to thing here but this is a guy i know he's been on alex jones before and he's and he's i think he's in front of he's he's in a gang stalker's house and there and he's looking at the guy that's outside the house now like my listener my one listener in particular i mean he sends me pictures all the time of these guys literally waiting for him as he comes out the front door and they're literally waiting outside it looks like the, the front gate of maybe his apartment complex and they're just glaring at him every time and I mean, they're they can be different every time. They're typically in white and red cars a lot of times, and they're just sitting there. And they're and everywhere he goes, they like follow. I mean, it's just unbelievable. When you hear this, 
This almost sounds like gang stalking or something. Have you heard of that? Many of the things that victims of gang stalking describe are also symptoms of mental disorders. Ah. We're not having a group hallucination. This is actually something that's happening. Yeah, I mean, you have to ask yourself, you know, I believe it's tens of thousands of people. And, and you know, are they all crazy? Are they all just making this up? Come on. I mean, they're not. And they've got the pictures. They've got all these things to prove it, you know, how they're being stalked. Um, it says gang stalking is defined as a form of organized harassment and surveillance. Mental health experts see gang stalking as delusional form of paranoia. Isn't that convenient? You know, the, the mental health experts, the ones that have the highest suicide rate, like, like particularly psychiatrists who prescribe the drugs and have, like, the highest rate of, like, raping their patients and stuff and, and just doing all kinds of evil things to their patients. Yeah, they would never, ever lie. Now, I'm not saying they're all wicked and evil, but, I mean, if they're relying on pharmacia to try to treat demonic problems like schizophrenia and these types of things or split personalities or whatever or that have trauma-based, you know, if they're relying on pharmacia and that pharmacia is literally has its own laundry list of side effects like Prozac makes your risk of suicide go through the roof and all these other mind-altering drugs, they're the ones we're going to go to to get the solution for this? No, they're just part of the problem. And all they're going to do is reinforce that these people are just crazy and they're paranoid and they're delusional. Um, and they're just part of the system, this wicked, evil system that is designed to keep these poor people in bondage and to make them think they're crazy and to try to get them to either lash out and commit crimes against these people that are stalking them or ultimately just to get them to commit suicide. That's really the ultimate goal. And I think this is why they're just experimenting. They're just wanting to see what we have to do to, to make people go crazy and, and or commit suicide. I think it's the ultimate goal by these devils. I grew up with my parents. My mother was a medical doctor. My father was a former rocket scientist uh, turned uh, teacher. Okay, my so he's, a highly, he's from a highly intelligent family. His dad was a rocket scientist and his mom was an MD... And he's an entirely intelligent individual, which is typical. And um, he gets targeted. So this is his story, a little bit of it. Grew up with uh, a desire to be a graphic artist. And then I didn't like school very much, so I joined the Navy. And I did that for a couple of years. Didn't like that too much, so I came back to L.A. And basically lived in Los Angeles uh, as, a, uh, as a homeless man, just living on the street I have but that's another goal they're always trying to get you to a point where you're homeless um and they do that by a number of different means they get you to that point where you're homeless because then you really can be i mean that's what they want you they, they just want you without anything uh, on the streets and then they'll target the homeless populations as i'm pretty sure they get into that in here about how they'll actually try to target whole swaths of the homeless like they're doing in uh, seattle where it's literally one big, gigantic uh, experiment, you know, against the homeless. My truck with a shell, and I worked as a handyman or construction jobs that I would get. The gang stalking experience started for me when I noticed these black SUVs and other police vehicles driving slowly along the street, but they never uh, came up to me or said anything. And then 
I had seven or eight helicopters hovering directly over my apartment, and then it goes, and it keeps happening, it keeps happening, and it begins to dawn on me that something is going on, and, and this continued on. Here comes the gang stalking helicopter. Here it comes. It's confusing. He's showing. He's trying to understand. I mean, it's incomprehensible that certain nefarious factions of our government would literally devote this much resource to harassing just like one individual. But I have to come to the conclusion that it's all real and it's all true. I've seen too much of this. I've heard from too many of my listeners. This has been going on too long. That that I 100% firmly believe that this is 100% going on. And it's just, again, to see how they can just drive people insane and harass them and beat them down and, and, and make their lives just misery and ultimately sever every relationship they have with their friends, their family, because they all think they're crazy. They'll do all these things to, to demonize you to your friends and family to ultimately get you on the streets as a homeless person and ultimately some of these people are killed they're uh, uh, some of them are poisoned um it, it's just insane stalking why would they do this to me why would they do these weird petty little things that you know may even just irritate me at some moment if you were to ask me what gang stalking is it's a way to slowly kill people using their own decisions see we're getting one of our friends here I get it to see if I don't know if you can hear that on the audio, but we're getting a buzz right now. And on on you can hear that you can hear the helicopter. Topics that I'll bring up, I'll get buzzed. So what Vice is trying to do is is really in the end, ultimately, this is just an apparatus of the deep state, and they're ultimately in the end they'll let them tell their story, but ultimately. If you conclude both of these little documentaries, they're ultimately trying to convince everybody that these people are just crazy and insane. We're going to hear literally from an ex-gang stalking representative who, who was in one of the companies that was doing this. And he's going to tell you all the inner workings. So you'll know that, no, this is real, this is going on, and, and this is a uh, basically almost a worldwide campaign to target these people. My understanding of gang stalking... So here, here's, the, here's the voice of reason. Josh Bazell, MD, physician and author. So he's going to be the voice of reason now and basically not so subtly Im- implicate that these people are all just crazy and delusional. And they're really... They're, all of this is just in their heads. So you knew this was coming, basically. Is that a number of people have found each other on the internet who believe that they are being targeted for harm. So this is, there's this concept of hypervigilance, right? Which is that your threat assessment centers get locked into a position that is too high. They're warning you all the time about things not necessarily untrue, but that you would feel better not worrying about. Being of the opinion that you had to constantly look around and figure out what might be threatening to you or else your life would be at stake, would lead to you not just seeing connections that weren't there, but erring on the side of safety when you see a connection that might or might not be there. I might or might not be there. So in other words, you know, it's just the... 
the, the not so subtle implication that th- this isn't really happening. When you know, when I have like every other you know day, my my one listener in particular, just all these. I mean. <laughs> Guys flicking him off in traffic. He got punched in the face the other day. Like, the guy got out of the car and punched, the, punched him in the face. You know, they'll attack you. They'll follow you. They will, They will. Um, wherever you go, they're going to show up. It's, I mean, I can't imagine the amount of resources being devoted to such a stupidly satanic thing. I mean, this is just stupid to me. And I think that's why it's so hard for people to get... And I'm not saying the people that are... TIs are stupid. I'm saying that this whole concept of what they're doing is so stupid. You would think that Satan would have better uses for his time than to literally have, like, all of these people devoted to, like, one person to just harass them and make their lives miserable. You would think that him and his minions would have, you know, devote their times to more satanic endeavors. You know, like being overtly, you know, evil or wicked or... It's just... I mean, this is overtly evil and wicked. But it's just... It's really hard to wrap your head around. But it's very real. Self-taught makeup artist. And depending on the list that you look at... So he's a self-taught gay man makeup artist. So here's a gay guy. He's not a Christian. And he's a T.I. Okay? But he's highly intelligent like the last guy. And they, they typically target highly intelligent people that can be isolated. And that typically live in big cities, from what I've seen. Because the big cities is where they kind of typically operate from. Uh, to me, this would be a little bit harder to pull off if, like, you were in the country. And in, in your, like, maybe you were in a freestanding house out in the country. It'd be easy, it'd be harder for them to, bl- like, blend in. Whereas if you're in the city or in any type of place like that, it's easier for these people to just kind of, like, try to blend in. Because there's more stuff going on. You know, probably one of the top 10 makeup artists in the world. I, I think that just my life experience, me being around famous people all the time, what paparazzi photographers do to them, what normal people do to them if they go out in public, there'll be a gang-like reaction. This is essentially the same thing, except it's So not- he knows a lot about that when paparazzi, go, because he was he hung with all like the A-listers. He was one of the top 10 makeup artists in the world. He's He understands the whole concept of that gang- crowding phenomena but now it's happening to him for a totally different reason you know i i didn't ask for it so billy identifies as a victim of cause stalking a form of organized stalking based on the victim's lifestyle political orientation or beliefs in my experience it started over a year ago i had rented a space in hawthorne california And people warned me that as a gay man, you know, it was maybe brave of me to rent this space. I never think about things like that. I didn't know what it was called. Like I said, I just thought that it was bullying. I just thought that it was, you know, people that were just like, get the faggot out of the neighborhood or whatever. When 20 or 30 cars are hazing you on the freeway, Behind you, in front of you, on both sides. 20 or 30! And this happens to my listeners. The, the ones that have emailed me over the years. Can you imagine? I just It's hard to comprehend, but it is real. 
and again, we're going to see the, all the inner workings, or at least a lot of the inner workings of this in the next, in, in the, after we play the next clip in that interview, which is going to be rather lengthy because I really want to cover this in depth. So you really understand. So you know how to direct your prayers. You know, because again, we battle not against flesh and blood. So even the people that are doing the gang stalking, it's really easy to focus in on the person. But it's really the devils and demons and evil entities that are animating these people, that are animating these programs. You know, that really, I really believe the prayer should be focused on, on you know, coming against those evil entities. And praying for the salvation of the people doing the gang stalking. Praying for the fear of God on them. I mean, what a horrible way to live a life. What a, what a horrible but you're going to see they're promised everything if they do this and you're going to see the the group think mentality that overcomes most of the people that go that want to do this and get paid for it and i believe they're paid well and they're promised the world and it's almost like you know satan whispering in their ear yeah you do this or whatever it's almost like doing a deal with the devil you're going to have you're going to have riches, you're going to have new cars, you're going to have any, any woman you want, you're going to be able to party, you're going to have the best drugs, and that's what they're actually promised. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But you, you, you would wonder, well, what kind of person would actually do this to another person and accept a paycheck for it? You know? I mean, and there's a lot of them that are doing this, and it's, from what, I, what I'm reading and what I'm seeing, it's one of the fastest growing sectors of employment worldwide or wherever this is being implemented meaning it's only going to get worse meaning i may be doing this and you may find yourself being gang stock in three six because it's going to become more the norm as society degrades as we move into that more george orwellian 1984 brave new world type of world I hate to say it, but this is this is a big part of their plan. This is a big part of their plan, evidently, just to keep people in line and to become good little Nazis and narcs on one another and, you know, slaves to the system. I think that's why they're doing all this. Where it's all where it all ends up is it's all about control. It's of you completely controlling how fast you go, whether you exit, whatever you do. Um, this is something bigger than that. I started spray painting their cars on the freeway. I pepper sprayed them. At this time, it was trying to get them to call the police. That's what I was trying to do. I had no other way I felt like other than to find out, are these people together? Are they working in this one collective group for the same reason? <laughs> Sorry, commercial kicked in there. Group for the same reason. What they'll do to a particular person in order to stress them out is they'll hit them with the same thing over and over and over again. I would get Los Angeles Police Department vehicles lighting up their sirens and not pulling me over but zooming around me almost like a continual tactic this happened so much that i was inspired to buy a dash camera it's just about harassing them over and over and 
what this does on a physiological level is it causes your body to secrete all these fight or flight adrenal type hormones um you know in in um then you become under all the stress that you're constantly under which causes your adrenals in your body to secrete cortisol which is a catabolic steroid and the word catabolic means to tear down you don't want to be hyper secreting cortisol but if you're under like constant constant stress that's what your body will do and it, and it starts to literally tear you down little bits of it are fine but if you're hyper secreting it and if you're living in this constant fight or flight mode your adrenals are probably just totally shot you these poor people would really need adrenal support i mean really bad if you ask me i would say um the adreno adreno mend by douglas labs the one i carry i've gotten very good feedback from them and then also that black currant bud extract which i believe when i went on that fast totally rebuilt my adrenals i mean i have not had to take and I won't anymore, but I mean, I, I only will take a little bit of herbal gyrana, like before I work out now, at, at such lower doses than I was doing before. It's, it's just, I mean, literally about, oh my word, <sighs> a fraction of what I was doing before. And, and, but it occurred during the fast that I did that almost, it was almost six days. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with it too, because my body had the energy to actually rebuild my adrenals but the black current bud um is a very very good one but and also the if you're really under a lot the adrenamin by douglas labs that would be a really good one two thing to be doing for your adrenals if you're just beyond stressed out and and you're trying to rebuild your adrenals and then also doing some fasting and then getting off caffeine i mean because if you're on a lot of things that are stimulating your adrenals like caffeine like nicotine from cigarettes or um all those the energy pills in this your adrenals are going to just be burned out and these products will not be able to work unless you give your body a chance for the adrenals to repair and the only way to really do that is rest and the best way to rest is actually resting and fasting that's the fastest way you can rebuild your adrenals i just experienced it and so and then when you do let's say you do implement any kind of caffeine i i don't do well with coffee at all for some reason i only have it every once in a while it's just is not a good certain people will not do well on certain things i i've known people that can drink pot, coffee by the pot and it doesn't affect them it seems um i can't if i were to do one small cup a day consistently it would be too much for me i can't do it it's just it's it's not good for my physiology and everybody's different that's the thing is that that's why one person will respond really well with one product and one won't and i didn't mean to turn this into a health seminar but uh, i i try to look at everything from a big picture standpoint i'm looking at body soul spirit we're body soul and spirit right well if satan can attack us he's gonna he's gonna attack us as many ways as he can and if he can get us with our body we're only as strong as our weakest link so if your adrenals are totally shot and they're gone it's going to be very, very hard for your spirit and soul to stay strong in the Lord because you're going to physiologically feel so horrible. Now, I'm not saying God can't come in and heal you. I'm not saying he can't do that. Maybe all you need to do is a fast. But I'm just trying to think of some other practical things that a person could implement, especially if you're undergoing something like this, which is just absolutely insanity. I believe it was the very next day, and it was the first time I experienced what I know now is called street theater. And I watched 
the parking lot literally fill up with cars. And, you know, heterosexual... So he goes somewhere, and he wa- in, in where he's at, he watches the parking lot literally fill up with cars. Now remember, this is like, I really believe it's like a big social experiment. They're monitoring this to see how these targeted individuals will respond to having this type of thing done to them. And evidently, they're taking notes, and they're in their... In their um, refining their craft and uh, so that they know how to do it more efficiently in the future on a much more grand scale is I think where all this is going. ...couples um, would hold hands and like stroll through the back of the parking lot like they were on some 1950s sitcom. People that are trying to look incredibly normal look incredibly abnormal because they're... They're acting. It's not authentic. That was when I first started thinking, it's all of them against me. This is clearly a collective, organized, whatever is happening. Here's another thing to think about with this. The last few studies I've done on the whole alien agenda. Remember the one I did on the whole hybrid thing? Or hubrids? Um, Which there's so much... I believe evidence for that. Could it be that this is the way that um, they're implementing these people into society? I mean, if you were a not-human creature, and Jesus said as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. You look at what was going on in Noah's day, when the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, they took them wives, all that they chose, and they bore them Nephilim, which are known as the fallen ones, half-human, half fallen angel that was the norm in noah's day and jesus says as it was in the days of noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the son of man which is what we're in we're 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 in that whether you're pre-trib post-trib mid-trib pre-wrath whatever we're in those days we're on that cusp all the the um technology for the mark of the beast is already here they're holding back on the technology they have it's just a matter of them continually brainwashing society into accepting incrementally different levels of technology where they will finally accept that chip in their right and then you're going to have the antichrist the false prophet come with all signs and lines and wonders all signs and line wonders and miracles which is going to further wow the humanity as a collective and they're going to buy into it just from that standpoint there's all these different reasons people are going to take the mark of the beast and accept the antichrist and false prophet there's all these reasons but we're in that time era and if they were going to try to to introduce these hubris into society which they are doing from all the research i've seen i think this would be a good way because i think that an attribute of these people that are doing this not all of them obviously because we're going to hear from one guy that came out of it right away but if you were to put some some entity like that into these programs, they would be devoid of empathy. They would de- be devoid of sympathy, empathy, compassion. And they could do things like this and have no problem with it. They would like it. Because by virtue of what they are, they're satanic in nature. They can't be saved. Jesus Christ didn't come to save Nephilim. Well, no, that's not true. All the giants in the flood got saved. No, they all got killed. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, they got killed. Jesus had to wipe them all out with a global flood and literally hit the reset button on humanity with eight humans on the ark and the animals on the ark to repopulate the animals' population. No, they all died. He didn't come here to save these alien I mean, they're demonic, they're, they're, they're Nephilim, I don't want to buy into the whole alien narrative, but you know what I mean, listen to the studies I've done on this. Just key an alien, alien deception. He didn't come to save them, they can't get saved. Their DNA has been corrupted. And this is why it's so important for Satan to corrupt our DNA. Through the vaccinations, primarily. It's a direct way into our DNA pathway. It's one thing when you eat something, because then the body digests it, and it's you know, but when you get it injected straight in your bloodstream, it can have a horrible effect on you. Anyway, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I know that's, you know, but I'm trying to understand how could they get an army of these people to do this that have no conscience and like this? I mean, yeah, I understand the Bible says evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And that word wax means grow. And I believe that's, you know, in reference to the end times, to a certain extent we should expect that um the love of many is going to wax cold people will betray one another people will hate one another and i think that's why it's so important to focus in on the love of god you know um to pray for the love of god in your life because that's something that we really, really need because all this stuff can get you real mad. And I think that's one of the things God's really dealt with me in like the last week about was, I mean, I've been doing this for like, man, a long, long time. I mean, I've been in exposing wickedness and trying to be a watchman for a long, long time, probably into the late 90s. I didn't have an official ministry then, but it's real easy to get bitter at all these wicked people and all these wicked entities. It's really easy. It's really easy to sin with your tongue and start, you know, wishing bad things on them with your tongue because you're so righteous and dignant. But the Bible says, be angry and sin not. And that we're, you know, to control our tongue and to pray that the Holy Spirit controls your tongue. You know, pray if it be possible that their souls be saved. Do good to those that despitefully use you. Bless them that curse you. That's hard to do. But Jesus said we are to do it. You know? Now, I don't pray that they prosper in wickedness. I pray Psalm 64. Because God knows that when God judges the wicked, but see, that's his business. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. You got to give it to God, in other words. And then... When God does judge the wicked, good things always happen. People will see that, and all men will see and fear and declare the work of God. For they shall wisely consider of his doing, and the righteous shall be glad in the Lord, and trust in him, and all the upright in heart will glory. That's what happens when God judges wickedness, according to Psalm 64. Now, if you've never heard that teaching I did, just key in Psalm, um, Psalm 64 in the keyword search box. And it's the whole, it has to do with the whole subject of imprecatory prayers. But we need to guard our heart, guard our tongue, and um, really, really pray that, that, you know, our tongues are guarded, that we're not just spouting off stuff and, and 
you know, because it just degenerates. You can you start with one thing and then you know it's you you got stuff coming out of your mouth that shouldn't be coming out of your mouth. And I I'm I'm as guilty of anybody as that. I just have such a, this sense of righteous indignation, but God really has been dealing with me in like the last week about that. I need to stop that. I need to just give it to God, you know. But the Bible talks about the root of bitterness springeth springeth up in many, and defileth many. It'll it, it's like a root and it'll defile you. And I really think it was starting to really affect me in a bad way. And I don't want that for my listeners. And it's easy to get into that because of all this information that I cover with the, with the uh, Watchmen stuff. And, and it's, man, it's a, it's a balancing act. And I think that's why it's so important to stay in the Word of God. You know, pray that you be led of the Holy Spirit. Focus in on the love of God. Focus in on the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, temperance, all these things that are good, to think on good things. Now, I know it's not, that's not always possible, obviously. I mean, to, just to, to not be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us, to not be destroyed for lack of knowledge. You do have to look at like this. This is a negative subject. But unless you know about something like this, you would have no idea to even pray about it. And, and you may think that if you have one of your friends start to experience it, you may think they're crazy. You may think that they're mentally insane. So it's just, it's this balancing act of being a Christian, of, of like applying the full word of God to your experiences, not getting too far one way or too far another, you know? And I don't mean being lukewarm. I mean having a biblical balance of the scriptures that are written, you know, and, and trying to take all of them in context together so that they flow together and that you can apply them to your life okay let's go back to this if a conspiracy is a bunch of people working together to do something that they don't want publicized then it would be absolutely wrong to say that the world is not filled with conspiracies the question is what does it do for you to spend a lot of time thinking and feeling about the conspiracies that you believe exist. How, how can these people help that, though? This guy is so arrogant and so condescending. You know, look, you're just devoting too much time in the thought process. It's every time they walk out the front door, every time they get in their car, every time they go to the park, wherever they go, they're being targeted and gang stalked and all this stuff. I mean, they're having people assault them. They're having people poison them. They're having people break into their houses and do all kind of horrible things in the houses, breaking stuff, hurting their pets. But one guy had, he came home one day and another human being had defecated in his bed. That's about as nice as I can put it. And then they'll go right out of the house and, the, and you'll be in there and you'll be like, who does this? And it's all just to get you to, to to try to get you to the breaking point where you just go insane and or kill yourself. It's it's just it's incomprehensible. Government has to know about it. how can this this can't be like some rogue group no. operating, you know, some shadow thing and, 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 and nobody knows about it. I go to the Van Nuys Police Department, I walk in, I say, this is my ID, this is my name. Are you following me or do you have any knowledge of me being followed? Is there a reason for you to be followed, sir? 
No, there's not. But people are. Who's following you? Well, I don't know who it is. Well, what are they driving? They're driving cars with dealer tags that you can't trace. Well, sir, there are a lot of dealers here. There are a lot of dealer tags. How do you know that they're following you? Very quickly, you see how crazy you sound. I've never been arrested. All by design. <laughs> I've never had a DUI. Anything whatsoever, whoever is in charge, which is so weird, is spinning this web about what a deviant, immoral, less than a human being you are. That's the only thing that I can think of that would get that many... See, they, they will go out of their way to ruin your reputation. Among your friends, they'll, they'll go out of their way to um, try to arrest you and so that you have a record, so that you can't get a job anywhere, so that you have horrible references. If you're in a job, they'll, they'll make sure they go in there and break up the job or, or demonize, however their tactics are, where you'll get fired and then you'll have horrible references. And then if you get another job, they'll just do the same thing. So they're just isolating. I mean, th this has just got to be just horrible. People in this collective effort to get rid of you. This happens to you enough, believe me. You will feel stress. You will get that feeling of helplessness. This is not just like a gang of random people just doing this for, you know, like randomly or without a plan. This is, this is procedural. The psychiatric definitions of delusion tend to focus on really two principles. Uh, one is that the ideas that you have are not very vulnerable to evidence. The other is but th that... But that's such a, a total lie because these people can go around and film all this stuff and give you the evidence and you still won't believe it because you're Mr. Psychologist who's on the take anyway, who's part of the problem, who's part of that system. And this is how you're going to try to basically demonize anybody that believes any of this. People in your culture don't share your beliefs. The question becomes if you can find 10,000 people on the internet who believe the same thing as you, is it a delusion? Is it bizarre? Quite possibly not. If everybody believes this stuff, how is it in any way insane? Here's a gang stalking um, group meeting they're doing in one of these cities, and they're showing these pe people. People just would not believe the suffering that people in this, in this community... This is Derek Robertson, gang stalking victims at activist. Endure every single day. Uh, I've lost just about all of my friends. They're afraid of, afraid to talk to me. They just think they think it's very effective. They think I'm crazy. My family doesn't know anything about it. I don't say a word to them. I don't know if my son knows, and I don't want anything to happen to him. So she's this poor thing's just clammed up about it and not said a word to her family so that hopefully it won't affect her relationship with her family. And that's kind of what they want you to do. They don't want you to say anything. They don't want you to reach out to anybody. And you'll see more evidence of that as we go um, into this further. The most important thing that we can do for victims is to connect them with others who understand what they're experiencing because no one else will. And isolation is really um, 
a key weapon that these perpetrators use to bring a person down to the ground, basically. If you go to see a psychiatrist, let's say it's the first time you're meeting a psychiatrist, and then you say, I'm under police surveillance, and the psychiatrist will write you off as suffering paranoid schizophrenia, and then he will give you medication. So we must assume that this is what American society believes, that all these government agencies, which normally watch over people, don't actually watch people at all. If anybody thinks that they are, they are being watched by this government agency, then they must be crazy. It cannot possibly be true. There really is no help at the moment, officially, to uh, assist target individuals. They can't go to the police, they can't go to the FBI, they can't go to Congress. There is nowhere that they can go. We are having to create the issue and also the solution. Why isn't our nation listening? This could be them. I wouldn't be surprised if most of the nation is under mass mind control. Absolutely. That's where it's all heading. You look at Deborah Tavares' interviews about how they're using everything basically and the when they roll the 5g in oh we've we've not seen anything yet i think that's why jesus said if if he didn't shorten those days no flesh would be spared and i i understand well i mean you could use that under different applications but i mean with all that they're doing and all of this is being set up ultimately to kill us to control us to dumb us down I mean, it's very, very sobering stuff. Really sobering stuff. So that's all I have for part one, and we will go to part two next. God bless you.